Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Extra, extra, read all about it. Tattoo ward widow murdered in Iowa. Sex fiend now being hunted. That bold headline was slapped on major newspapers across the U.S. back in 1947. She would be dubbed the Tattooed Lady, and the name has stuck for more than 70 years. But Margaret Teresa's life was not easy, and her death deserves to be recognized for what it truly is, a gruesome, horrific manner which has been shrouded in mystery ever since. WQAD Podcast Network. The crimes that made your skin crawl. The missing faces you just couldn't get out of your head. The questions that never got answered. Missing and Murdered in the Midwest dives deep into these unforgettable cases, solved and unsolved. This content is not for the faint of heart. And now, here's your host, Toria Wilson. Margaret Martin was born February 7, 1913, in Steubenville, Ohio. The small community sits on the border of Ohio and Pennsylvania. It's actually closer to Pittsburgh than any major city in Ohio. She was one of seven siblings, four brothers, and three sisters. A whole lot is not known about those younger days, but we know that she married young to a man named Elmer Treese, and they lived in New York for a time period. It's at this time she got a lot of the tattoos that she's been known for, but we'll get to that later. Elmer would later be shipped off to war, and he died during the Battle of the Bulge in World War II. She would marry a second time to a man named Stanley while living in West Virginia, but the marriage wouldn't last long. She later hooked up with Clarence Saunders. He would later tell police that the two had met briefly while in Wyoming, but had run into each other in Davenport around May of 1947. It was then they decided to pose as a married couple, and stay at the Standard Hotel. If you live in Davenport nowadays, though, that building still stands. It's the German-American Heritage Center off of 2nd Street. Now, even though Margaret hadn't been in town long, she had made a name for herself. Besides her job at the local laundromat, she became a familiar face in some of the shady taverns along 2nd Street. Known as Skid Row back in the day, Tattooed Margaret was always seen dancing and letting men buy her drinks for most of the night, teasing them, and later stealing their money. She was apparently known to have a number of lovers, not just Saunders. He knew of two, but who knows, and honestly, who cares how many she actually did have. So you have a woman, quote-unquote, covered in tattoos, who drinks and flirts and doesn't care. So, Monday night, September 29th, 1947, 
Sandra said they had gone to bed before 9 o'clock that night. But for some reason, Margaret decided to get up. Half awake, Saunders had asked where she was going, to which she replied that she'd be going to a nearby bar and she'd be back shortly. She had gone to Bush's Tavern first. She spent a couple of hours drinking heavily and dancing with some of the men in the bar, even though it wasn't allowed. She would later be kicked out. She would last be seen alive around 12.30 Tuesday morning. One witness told police he saw her get into a car with three men, none that could be identified. Around 7.30 that same morning, Howard Whitlock and Oroville Crow were driving to their job on Credit Island. As they entered the causeway to the island, they saw something off the road near the main entrance. Not knowing what they had seen, Whitlock and Crow decided to get out of their vehicle to investigate. Lying in deep grass just 30 feet off that entrance road was a nude and battered body of a woman covered in tattoos. She was lying face down with pieces of her clothing scattered about. A photo of a young child laid near her body. And now we know it was Margaret who was found to be dead. Her tattoos would help identify her. Written in the St. Petersburg Independent Paper back then, this is how they were described. Quote, Both of the woman's arms and legs and her chest had tattoo markings. What appeared to be a social security number was found on one arm. Tattooed on her chest was Stanley, and under it, the inscription, True Love. Beside, which was an elaborate tattoo design of a snake with bared fangs. Other tattoo designs on the body included a large cross, inside of which was the lettering, Rock of Ages, and below the phrase, Bill and Ezzy. Davenport police back then said Margaret was struck in the head, stabbed 19 times with an instrument that left small X marks where it pierced her skin. One of the stab wounds had actually gone through the O of the true love tattoo that she had. She was also thrown in front of a car and run over repeatedly. Tire tracks indicated the woman was killed somewhere else and dumped from a car that drove off the road into the grass. So who did it? Well, police had the work cut out for them. Was it Saunders, the man who Margaret Treese had been living with at the Standard Hotel? Some people described him as a jealous man who didn't like the fact that Margaret would be out with other men. He was the one who was initially arrested, but cooperated to the best of his ability. And a lie detector test administered in Chicago showed he wasn't lying and was set free. We now know that lie detectors can be fooled, but this is in an era of no DNA testing or science behind crime investigations. Was it Stanley, Margaret's ex-husband? He had stated to investigators who found him still in West Virginia that they had gotten into an argument prior to her leaving him after he found out Margaret had been married once before. But he stated... He never saw her again after that. Davenport police were able to find a man who had reportedly threatened Margaret. His name was Pete Peterson, and once brought in for questioning, he said he knew her and was pissed that Margaret had stolen money from him, but police said it was apparent he didn't kill her 
and they let him go. So then the case started to go cold. No leads, no eyewitnesses to the crime, no DNA, nothing to pinpoint what had happened and who had done this horrific thing to Margaret Treese. Five years would go by, and in 1951, a man living in California would confess to the crime. William Brinkley had lived in the Quad Cities in 1947. They had met in a bar, and after dancing, the two hopped in a car together. Not his, of course, he had to steal one. They had driven to Credit Island, where he wanted to have sex, but Margaret just wanted to go home. He told police that made him angry, and so he grabbed a pipe that was in the back seat of his car, raped her, and left her for dead. But there was a lot of inconsistencies with this. For one thing, Margaret wasn't raped. And furthermore, Brinkley couldn't come up with other key facts in this case. He would later confess to making the whole thing up about how he just wanted to come back to Iowa. In 1956, a Moline woman would come forward with a very interesting story. It had been nine years since the death of Margaret Treese. The article published in November of that year stated a middle-aged woman who was not identified, only that she was living in Moline, came forward to police. She told then-police chief Harvey Smith that the two men she saw were known police figures. The woman said she had been sitting on a bench in Washington Square Park when she saw the three the two police figures, and Trees, drive by in a car in the direction of Credit Island. Chief Smith did not say where these so-called police figures were at the time of Trees' murder, nor who they were in general. So while Margaret was buried in a cemetery in West Virginia, Davenport police still have the case open and are actually still investigating what happened to her. An article published in 2018 in the Quad City Times says the killer or killers are likely dead, but maybe somebody has confessed throughout this time and they still want to bring justice forward and closure for the family. So, if you have any information, contact Davenport Police. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from bestselling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500.